Hi, Latinos and clinical researchers. Uh, we are here today with Luisa Hernandez. Um, and Luisa, I'm going to introduce you. I'm going to kind of get off your, your front bio from LinkedIn because you're doing a, a good amount of things. So it says here that you're the founder of the Research Approach. You're a clinical research coordinator at Winship Cancer Institute. And you're also a clinical research advocate. Um, it's pretty awesome. Uh, really glad that I came across you on LinkedIn. I thought it was pretty amazing. You're you know, how much advocacy you're giving for uh, the minority groups and out there and uh, more specifically, you know, Latinos, but, um, you know, Latinos in clinical research, we're all about that. And so I felt like it was really important that we would connect with you and bring your stories, right? Because we, we always want to do what we can to represent the minority um, population, especially in clinical research. And so, yeah, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, I'm I'm very humbled to be here with you guys. Uh, I'm really glad that you guys invited me to be part of your um, of this session here. Luisa, can you? Your background's very interesting, and we're gonna get into a lot of it. But can you give us the thing that sticks out to me is the blog. Can you talk about your how you've built your following? Uh yes. First. Um, at the beginning, when I started the blog, I wanted to reach out to everybody. So I um, I did an ad first in Facebook, so that I will get the uh, I will get that uh, uh, those followers. And then from there, uh, I noticed that I've seen like on and off from my followers. But technically, uh, I really just want to reach out to everybody like globally. And I just leave it like that in, right now, I think I'm in 3,000 uh, followers in, uh, in Facebook. And I'm working right now in the, in the website. Uh, the website it should uh, give more information, not only about uh, 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 information that I put in the blog, but also resources that the, that the, you know that the viewers they can just go in and search for clinical trials themselves they will know who to contact um, and they can also reach out to us and we can give uh, advice uh, if they want us um, but it's just pretty much just uh, a resource that they will have so we can um, be there for them because I know some uh, some of these um, uh, patients when they enroll in clinical research, I notice that they have a lot of questions. And every single time that I see this, this is uh, kind of like a motivation for me, like to keep going and put uh, information out there. Like we are really trying to work on their website, but um, sometimes, you know, life happens. We, I'm just trying to get there. <laughs> what, was, what was the unique, you know, everybody, whoever starts the like a movement like this they always have a unique angle i guess or something that's niche it, at least it starts niche and then it can grow wider so what was it for you like the your first few followers let's say your first 100 i know you have like 3000 now so your first 100 like who can you just break down who that person is, what they typically are <clears throat> are doing in research and, and, and what they look like and, you know, what they're interested in and those kind of things? Uh, so far, what I've noticed, uh, the first followers that I had, they weren't from U.S. 
they were actually from Latin America. And that's something that got, uh, got into me. I'm like, oh my God, somebody from outside up here. <laughs> and that's why sometimes I will, at the beginning, I think that I was writing in English and Spanish, both. Uh, I have lost that. I think I should go back to do that because that will be more, uh, I can reach to more people that way. There are many countries. I see. Speak. So you're doing mostly English now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sometimes I really, I really try to have the time, but time have been uh, really, really limited for me right now. So that's why I haven't been able to. to mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Is the content like mostly written word or um, video, audio, or uh, what do you, what kind of content are you doing? I, at the beginning, I started like doing only, uh, only written and then I try to do a few videos but I get really shy with videos and right now I, I guess that you guys can hear in my voice I get a little bit uh, nervous uh, I always get nervous when I'm talking in public but if you get me in a corner I will be talking forever <laughs> I, 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 I tend to talk a lot but when I get uh, when I get in public or with a lot of people that uh, I'm not familiar with or that I'm getting to know I get really nervous so that's what I quit the videos and now I'm doing uh, only written and I also put an image or the source where I got the I always put the source because I can from basic research and we always of course we always put the source where we get that information from so that's what I'm doing right now and I see from your LinkedIn that you started out as a research assistant at Morehouse uh, at Dr. Zhao's laboratory Um, what were you doing there Uh, uh, she was my PI when I was uh, in basic research. Uh, I started, uh, I did my master's with her actually. Uh, okay. I, did, I did my thesis dissertation and everything with her. And then I stayed for a little bit with her uh, till it was, uh, till I was due for, uh, to have my baby. RN- okay, mm-hmm. and then RNA, DNA, protein <laughs> isolation. So this was like bench research that you were doing. Yeah. Stable gene transfection. I mean, you must be like really excited about things like CRISPR and those kind of technologies that are out now. Yeah, I'm really excited about research. I think that uh, uh, basic research, I think that I lost a little bit uh, most of the, uh, you know, most of the knowledge you get you get a loss and then you have to do a refresher so that you get back to it. But the mm. thing that I miss the most about basic research, I think it will be um, writing papers and reading and getting, oh my God, baby. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then you went to clinical research coordinator two. So you did oncology, breast cancer, thoracic cancer, uh, GI. Um, what, what can you talk about your experiences there and you're currently a CRC3, Clinical Research Coordinator 3, for Winship Cancer Institute of Emory University over there in Atlanta. So what can you talk to us about oncology, especially if there are any disparities amongst the Hispanic populations out there? Yeah, I've noticed uh, when I first started, I started uh, 
uh, as a tool, and then I started noticing. I, I got, at first I got really excited, thinking that probably I will be like a resource for uh, minority populations, and I am. It's just that um, I don't see that many uh, Hispanics uh, on La or Latinos joining clinical trials. I really don't see them. Um, I think that I only have only one. I know. Luisa, what was the motivation for you to create your blog? Uh, the lack of knowledge that I noticed uh, among uh, underrepresented minorities. But that was, but that was when, when, uh, when you were uh, in preclinical, or when you started uh, working in in a, in a, in the oncology. Uh, when I started in oncology, I noticed that uh, um, not it's not only underrepresented minorities, also um, minority groups. I noticed that too that they um, they join a clinical trial, and I noticed that they will have questions after they sign the, the consent and I'm like well that question should have been asked uh, should have been asked before you sign the consent and I will sit there with them and talk to them about it and uh, and I think that's one thing that I do now um, I I create this a relationship with my patients uh, to a point that they will be able like to ask me anything like ask me anything. And I think that's what one of my, my strengths right now is that I'm, I, I'm able like to create that relationship with my patients and I really like it, I enjoy it. So what do you think is the success of your relationship? What's the, what's the key factor? <laughs> um, I think that I talk to them the same way that I'm talking to you right now. I think that I talk to them like, like I don't talk to them like if I'm an outsider. I really get involved. Like, I think that's why, probably. And then do you think that's, uh, that's also important for uh, when it comes to the patient retention? Yes, it is. Because they get to know your face or the face that they will see. That, like, you will be the one that they will be calling and... I know my patients, their their daughters, <laughs> like, hey, how are you? Who is your daughter? Uh, or their husband, their wives, you know, you get to build that relationship. And it's not only collecting data, it's also forming a relationship with your patients. That's what is really important. And that's what we have to do as coordinators. And even if you are not a coordinator, if you're in clinical research or even in uh, as a standard of care, you also have to create that relationship. That's really important to give that confidence to the patient so that they will be able to ask you anything and they won't feel like uh, I'm scared to ask a question. They have to always, always feel free to ask any question at all. Like I have a patient that she, she'll be calling me and uh, asking me, hey, what about this? What about that? Should I do this? And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, of course, it's up to you. But, um, you know, it's just building that relationship that it matters mm -hmm. to to be able to um, uh, make a patient state or not make them like to, it's a choice for them, but uh, to stay with us and uh, be confident that they will be very well taken care of. 
And I have a question. What's the average length that you're working usually with a patient in the clinical trials that you work in? Are they pretty lengthy clinical trials or are they pretty short? I would assume they're they're pretty lengthy, right? I'm not familiar yeah. with oncology, so. <laughs> oncology, some of them, they are, the trials are forever. Um, oh. Some of them, you follow them up to 10 years. Oh, wow. Or, or till the study close. Hmm. So yeah, it's a several year relationship. It's not just like eight weeks, 12 weeks. <laughs> no, okay. no, and even when uh, after the, the patient become a follow-up patient, I'm like, you're going to be hearing from me. I'm going to be calling you. I'm going to be bugging you. So uh, even my follow-up patients, uh, I also build a relationship with them after they uh, are off the active phase of the clinical trial. And did you make them follow you in the in your blog? <laughs> you no, that a lot of actually, there. I don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> If they came across the blog, they uh they uh they can just uh join it, but I, I don't I don't talk to them about the the blog. What I make sure is that they have all the information that they need because sometimes you know um not everybody have the knowledge uh, about clinical research. And when a physician offers them this, they have many questions, and I just make sure that they um that they know what they are getting into. Yeah, Luisa, what you're doing is admirable because when I, so are your, most of your readers or audience members, are they cancer patients? I don't think so. I think it, it, it varies uh, because uh, I think that I received messages before from uh, people wanted to get into uh, clinical research uh, mm. as a, uh, uh, as coordinators and stuff like that. Yeah. I received those messages before, but uh, I don't know if the, uh, most of the readers are uh, hmm. oncology patients. So the reason I say that is because when I started my blog in 2010, I mean, I was like you, I wanted to make something for patients. Um, I didn't care about other researchers at the time. I wanted more <laughs> patients for my clinics. And then I thought, okay, if I could get patients like nationwide, to watch my stuff, maybe I could make a referral agency or like a patient recruitment um, agency or something. And it turned out the only people watching were research sites. <laughs> and uh, so I just switched to that and it created other businesses. But, you know, the patient thing is very tough. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious how, maybe it was the Spanish, but how did you manage to attract so many patients and not researchers? Um, what I, uh, is just creating an ad, um, based on what, uh, you know, how Facebook works, based on what people are looking for, that's how the ad will came through. And at some point I only target, at some point I only target Latin America because I wanted to have, uh, audience from outside of, uh, U.S., but that happened after I got my first, like I was uh, somebody that was outside of this. <laughs> and then, um, and then um, I'm planning to create uh, another ad. It's been over a year that I create that single ad that gave me that many followers. 
I'm mm -hmm. planning to create another ad that uh, will target better. Uh, I'm learning. Uh, I'm learning <laughs> as I go <laughs> because it's really difficult to target those patients. It's really difficult. You're completely right. It's really difficult. That's why I'm planning to create another ad that um, I just need time to sit down and, and mm -hmm. work with that because right now life is kind of all yeah. over the place. <laughs> Luisa, I would actually be really interested when you do work on it to see if I can help you out because what you're doing is kind of similar to what I do in Imperial County. But like you said, it's really hard to reach out to the patients. We're trying to do educational stuff on Facebook. It's just, we've been doing it for years and it's still like, like we're like, I feel like we're moving slowly and we're not getting to everyone, but we should. And I just don't know, you know, like, I think what you're doing is great. And the fact that you got that many followers, like Dan said, um, keep doing it. But the next one you do, I would, I would be very interested to see if I could help with you. Yeah, me too. That's <laughs> impressive. <laughs> I'll be great, really glad because it's really, sometimes it's really, um, it's a little bit uh, stressful because uh, when you're by yourself, uh, I have also uh, uh, somebody that helped me, uh, Alicia Cobb. Um, uh, but sometimes, uh, you know, she's from, uh, she do uh, bench research. So um, right now she's really busy. So we've been, been all over. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to work together, collaborate on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sometimes doing that alone is really difficult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a question. So I know that you said your your blogs are like for helping patients, but you know, do you um is it always focused on that, or do you sometimes you know provide some insight on new things that are happening within research? Is it just in oncology? Um, you know, or do you have like a specific type of theme that you focus on? No, I talk about a little bit about everything. I think that one time I had a, I still have to learn to um, to talk to the family members when a patient passed away, because I start crying too. So that's not good, you know, you see, I'm too emotional. After I have my baby, I become completely <laughs> emotional. I even cry with cartoons. So um, it's really difficult to me to call and uh, noticing that my patient passed away. Sorry. And mm -hmm. uh, it's really difficult. And then um, I don't know what to say over the phone. You see, um, I think that one time I really write down something about that. It's not that I don't care, it's that I'm, I'm shocked too, you know? And mm -hmm. um, I think that's something that may, maybe some companies should, should focus on. To train yeah, people like sure. to talk to the family members mm -hmm. about that because I still sure. get emotional. <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, and I completely understand. I know that when I was in the healthcare background, we actually would get trained on things like that. Because sometimes it wouldn't just be just the PI, it would be whoever's the first person to get in contact uh, with family, especially if there's a reaction. So I completely understand that. Um, I was curious, how, uh, how often do you touch on the topic of diversity? you know, explaining to, you know, your, your uh, following, you know, how important it is that they, they get active in clinical research and also, you know, how it's difficult, it might be difficult from them, their perspective, because there's not a lot of Spanish speaking clinical researchers out there. I honestly, I think that I haven't really talked about that in the blog. 
Um, I'm developing that in the website that I'm doing because uh, before I had a makeup blog. So I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot about the website, how to do it, how to manage it. And uh, I, I pay a company to do that. I pay over a thousand dollars to a company to make my my website. And now I'm like, uh, but I already know how to do it, you know? So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it my, myself now and in there, I'm including uh, resources based on your race, uh, resources that you can go to. And I actually noticed that in the um, clinical, uh, clinical, uh, clinicalresearch.org, I think, or uh, gov, um, I was checking and uh, I noticed also there was a, a, a publication that came out where they are talking about the, uh, race specific uh, research and I was checking and I think that I don't see many, if not any at all, uh, um, uh, Latino specific uh, uh, which mm -hmm. in comparison, mm -hmm. I know that there are many that they are, uh, not many in comparison with, uh, with what it should be there out there but i see that for african-americans there are uh uh clinical research that are um specific for them but i would like to see that happening for latinos um yeah for sure clinical research that are specific for us awesome well that's that's really amazing everything you're doing it's really admirable like dan said and i mean yes it definitely takes a lot of work and so the fact that you're you know going at it and doing it on pretty much on your own that's it's pretty amazing honestly and the fact that you're able to reach out to so many people and hopefully you know that just keeps growing you know and who knows maybe we can um, collaborate with you and see how it is that we can we can help mm -hmm. you and also you know make a uh, get your blog and get a little bit more access yeah. to your blog and then mm -hmm. you know you know provide us as a resource to your patients, right? Because we also want to be providing information to um, not just researchers, but also to those that are interested in getting mm -hmm. involved as researchers. Because we have access with PIs and things like that, and that we interview and give them more information. On I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's commendable, yeah. um, like Ashley said, and thank you for putting us in touch with Louisa, mm -hmm. Ashley. Uh, mm -hmm. I One more question, I guess I had. Do you, because you're creating something of value, do you have plans or maybe you already have a business that you are are making because of this because i would imagine if you have 3000 patients interested in studies the sponsors would want to work with you so can you tell us what's going on <laughs> i haven't think about it the only thing that i have think about is to open a, a company that can help me to pay some bills for patients i noticed wow. this too. so you're paying your own money out of your own pocket for the ads yeah wow <laughs> you're definitely dedicated to this uh field i mean we gotta get some sponsorship or something for louisa come on guys yeah. if you're watching this yeah. message yeah. any one of us actually uh we do have somebody and maybe we can get you in contact with him uh herman Right, uh, oh, mom, like Judy, yeah. yeah, he has a technology where uh, he, you know, people can, you can actually go in there and you can um, 
But I think yeah. if the sponsor's correct or the PIs, they can pay. Uh, they mm -hmm. can give some money in sponsorship for, for doctor's visits with, uh, I think, including research, I believe. From what There's I a lot of people that would want access to these patients. And mm -hmm. I know you didn't do it, Louisa, because it's a business, but I think you can reach more people and affect mm -hmm. more change if you did have a business behind it. Um, yeah, I'm planning to. It's just that um, I haven't think uh, exactly. I know that I want to have a company that can uh, get sponsorship, and by getting that, we will be able to pay uh, patients' bills. I noticed that mm -hmm. is a really big struggle. Uh, the American Cancer Society, they have a program for patients so that they can get their rights, but I haven't seen, um, I haven't seen the, 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 to pay the bills. Uh, mm -hmm. I, you know, that's, that's when a patient is getting uh, $3,000 in, yeah. in a, as a copay for a MRI mm -hmm. is really, is really affecting their pockets. Yeah, yeah, I really think I really thought there would be more resources for patients, especially like through going through cancer that would be able to cover their bills. I didn't realize there's not much out there. Well, we should do. I mean, I think for for one of our um, upcoming webinar, I don't know how far out we're booked, but we should have Luisa come on because we have a lot of sponsors. And actually, the further out, the better, because we're going to have more and more sponsors joining these things. Yeah, like pharmaceutical sponsors and oncology research is 50% of all of research. I mean, it's huge. Yeah. Uh, so I think we should have you on as like a guest, like live with all the audience members as well. <laughs> okay. You have to get ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're definitely. Excited. I really I just want to create something that can help. I have two family members that they pass away from cancer. So mm. the last one was yeah, my wake up into clinical research like because my grandma asked me is there anything out there that can help my son and I was like I don't know yeah so. yeah yeah I'm sorry I mean, that's difficult yes. mm -hmm. I mean you definitely have a, a passion and, and a huge motivation behind all this and mm -hmm. and I think that those two things actually help almost guarantee that, you know, whatever you're going to do, there's going to be a lot of fuel behind it. Mm -hmm. And so long as there's fuel, you know, something's going to come out of it. It's very mm -hmm. clear that what's happening for you already is, is already very major. So, I mean, I think definitely, you know, when we have our next co-founder meeting, we can even probably discuss how we could collaborate with you and we'll follow mm -hmm. up. And if you're interested in any of that, we would love to help you and, and get linked up because what you're doing is great. And it's, it's really has everything to do with what Latinism Clinical Research wants to support. Thank you, I really appreciate it. For sure, for sure. I'm just really happy we all got in touch. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. Links to Luisa's LinkedIn are in the, underneath the video and everybody go connect with her there. And does anyone else have any other questions? Or Luisa, anything else you wanna say? Call to action for anybody? <laughs> Yeah, to keep spreading the words about clinical research, especially educating uh, underrepresented minorities. Um, yeah, that's, that's what we have to do. We are in this field. And if we notice a disparity, we have to do something. Because uh, if you think about it in the long run, when the medication are out there and I already approved by the FDA, 
if that medication is not working for any specific group or underrepresented minority, you have to think about what happened. And that what happened is that there was and there wasn't enough um, underrepresented minorities in that uh, clinical trial. And that's why it's not that drug is not very completely effective in that specific race. Uh, yeah, just putting that out there. <laughs> Thank you. Most definitely. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it, Luisa. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Like I said, if you want to get and listening, people don't know we have a podcast too, guys. It's a very <laughs> underrated, underutilized thing. <laughs> Latinos in Clinical Research podcast. So if you're listening, links to Luisa's LinkedIn are in the show notes. Definitely somebody you want to get to know. And like I said, it's commendable, Luisa, what you've been doing. And uh, if there's anything we can do to help, we will do it. It's our responsibility. So thank you guys very much for watching, listening, and we'll catch you all later. Bye-bye.